Welcome to the Unshakable Woman Podcast. This week for Martin Luther King Day and for Martin Luther King Jr. Week, we will publish on Monday and Wednesday featuring a special young lady with an unshakable story to share. These unshakable women who share their story and encourage other women on their purpose-driven journeys. Connect with us each morning and subscribe to the podcast for alerts to our new shows. Share the link and follow our team at Unshakable Woman on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for joining us today on the Unshakable Woman podcast. Welcome to the Unshakable Woman podcast. We are so excited today to have a young, lovely young lady named Audrey Todd with us. Audrey is a minister, a mentor, and an author of the Kingdom Playlist, a 31-day devotional guide charging Christian millennials to stand boldly against social norms. And also... Her, her devotional guide is doing very well on the Amazon playlist. So we are going to bring her on to share her testimony and something that she has overcome in life. And as we know, this show is about unshakable woman. And she is going to share her story on what has made her unshakable. And I pray that her story will bless you well. Welcome to the show, Audrey Todd. Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It is so exciting. And congratulations to you having the number one ranking on Amazon's bestseller list in your first week. That is such, such an amazing feat. It is. It is. I'm grateful. Very grateful. Well, we hear that you are from Chicago. You've got a lot Mm -hmm. of great things going on. And you have a story to share of, I think, something that has made you an unshakable woman and has made you the woman that you are today. I'm going to pass the baton over to you, and I'm going to give you the mic and allow you to share a little bit of your story and... Then we'll flip it back over to me and we'll, we'll, we'll bring in our audience and, and we'll discuss a little bit about your story. And I'm going to give you the mic now. And thank you so much again for being with us today. Yes. It's all yours. All right. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Audrey Todd. And I am an overcomer. Um, my story starts from being a child in foster care and and the Department of Children and Family Services. Um, I went into foster care uh, because both of my parents were drug addicts. Um, There was a slight custody battle in the very beginning uh, where I went from uh, different relatives' homes to try to, you know, have a permanent residence. But because I had other siblings, no one wanted three girls. They would always just want the older sister or the middle-aged sister, but nobody wanted all three girls. So because of that, it made us have to move from home to home to home. Um, Mm -hmm. Around the age of four, um, so even before that, even before coming into foster care, our struggle, we lived in abandoned buildings. Um, We rarely had food. 
And, um, you know, so I started off, it started off really shaky around the age of four or five, I went into uh, foster care and, and foster care. I, my voice was bottled up. I was a, a mm-hmm. small child. I didn't feel love. Um, I was always moving from place to place. So of course, um, all of that fear and all of that rejection just really kind of followed me for the majority of my life because I felt like I was not worthy because I came from unfavorable conditions because I came from a broken home because no one wanted me um, because I had, you know, emotional and psychological problems as a child, you know, it was really difficult. And as time went on and as life went on, I had to learn how to deal with that on my own, even in foster Mm -hmm. care, even with being adopted, I didn't have the love that I felt that I should have had. I didn't have the encouragement and the love. Although I was brought up in church and reared in church, I was adopted by an older woman who was extremely Mm -hmm. pious and strict. And by her growing up in the depression era, um, she was really, her, her love was really militant. You know, we were not really told, oh, I love you or shown that type of love. So we just had to believe that because we were there, you know, that of course she would, you know, she loved us. Um, but even then um, I got involved into church and church helped a lot. It did. But because of my upbringing, we were not able to talk about our struggles. You know, we kind of just swept everything under the rug. We were never really allowed to face our issues, our internal issues, our problems. We were never really allowed to address that. So we kind of like harbored all of that within us. Um, So as time went on and as a product of not having that love and that encouragement and that motivation, Um, I kind of just tried to go out and live life on my own terms. So even Mm -hmm. while in foster care, it was difficult because to see other children being loved, other children being um, able to live out a childhood, I was bottled up. Um, And I think that's why I took a, a, a liking to writing because I was able to write out everything. I was able to express myself through pen and paper. Um, I would write on anything as a child. I would just scribble all over everything. And at that time, it was funny, but it was really, it was just my gift, just making room. It was my gift being honed and being shaped. Um, Mm. So I began writing. I went through college. And even in college, I enjoyed writing. People would hire me to like, you know, help them with their papers and research. I loved it. Um, And as I grew older, um, I took a liking to working with younger people, with young people, because I knew the challenges that I faced as a young child, the, the, the challenges of rejection and overcoming obstacles um, that were set out to destroy you. Because when you, when you come up in foster care, that's automatically that stigma that's placed on you. Oh, you'll probably be like your parents. You probably won't finish college. You know, all of those things are placed upon you. Um, But I was determined. I said, you know what? I am not going to allow uh, the culture to dictate to me who I will become. Um, Although my mom was very strict, she she embedded in us many values, many principles, many precepts, which I took on through life. And those things, those values that she instilled 
allowed me to become the woman that I am. Even though she was strict, you know, those values rose up in me. So even when I did things, um, you know, to bring harm upon myself or made bad decisions, I still had that value system. And it's very important that you stay true to your values because that allows you to make better decisions, that allows you to um, live a more purposeful, meaningful life. Absolutely. Um, so I'm just elated because I, as I, as I stated, as I got older, I realized all of the things that happened to me and occurred in my life was not even for me, but it was for someone else. It was just to be able to help another woman, to help another teen, a millennial, to say, hey, this is what I got through. All of this was thrown in front of me, but I overcame it. I overcame it by the grace of God and by tenacity and by, and by being persistent and saying, hey, this is not going to be my story. I'm going to change my narrative. And so I want to encourage other young people mm-hmm. to believe in yourself. You're going to always go through life and there's always going to be some negativity. There's always going to be a naysayer. There's always going to be a doubter, but you're mm-hmm. going to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. You're going to because you're created for greatness. Absolutely. And I think your story is wonderful um, for all of our young people still in foster care and transitioning um, through that 18-year stage where they're coming out on their own. Um, But in addition to speaking to women who have gone through, men who have gone through foster care, what word would you have today for any women who are on the line or men who are on the line who currently are foster parents? Mm. And you know what? Mm -hmm. I believe, before I tell you that, I believe that the foster parents play a big role in how Mm -hmm. children will turn out. Absolutely. And I believe that you have to, first of all, when you bring children into your home, you have to understand this is, a, this is not like having your own child. You're bringing children in who already have issues. More than likely, they've already been in the foster system. They're, they're used to the legalities. They're used to being transferred. They're used, used to having that little small bag that they got to transfer from house to house. So at this point, support and love, genuine love. And I hear a lot of foster parents where I don't want to get too attached because they may not be in my home too long. Give them Mm -hmm. what you would want to have. Amen. Give them what you would want to have. There's a golden rule that says do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is Mm -hmm. not just some type of random activity, something you're doing for fun, but you are helping to shape, you are playing you are making a big impact on this child's life. Remember that, that you are an impactor. Mm, I love it. Impactor. So that, that goes along with how we generally close the show. Um, And in speaking to those who have overcome foster care and may still be struggling with some of the things that are in their spirit that they've kept with them through their young adult life, when you get up every morning and you put your two feet on the floor, 
what is the first word that resonates with you that you can share with every woman or man on the line that has come out of foster care? What keeps you going? Well, because I have a strong belief in God, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I read my word. I'm not super, super religious, but I do believe that that higher being, that higher power is what has gotten me here this far. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I do in the morning, I say a prayer. Mm-hmm. God, I first I'm grateful because I didn't grateful. have to see that day. Amen. So first come with the spirit of gratefulness. God, I'm, I'm here. So there must be a reason. There must be something else for me to do. There must be a purpose on my life. If I'm continuing mm-hmm. to get up every morning and open my eyes, feet to the pavement, I have a purpose. Amen. So when I wake up, I say, hey, today is another day for me to find my purpose, for me to walk in my purpose. I love it. Purpose driven. Driven. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Yeah. Well, we, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to share on our podcast and to share with other women to be unshakable women. And you, Miss Todd, are an unshakable woman. And we yes. are grateful for you today. Yes. Thank um, you so much. So if, if you could just stand by for a moment and we are going to introduce our sponsors. But for everyone who's tuned in today, please connect to our Facebook page, to our Instagram, look for more information regarding Miss Todd. And we will have a link to her book on Amazon. We'll have a little bit of her story and we want you to follow her journey. Thank you again for tuning in today. Don't forget to live an unshakable life. Love your sisterhood and get up every day and live an unshakable life. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Unshakable Woman podcast. You have many podcasts to choose from and we are grateful that you chose to tune into our wonderful sisterhood of Unshakable Woman. If you want to call in and share your story, visit our social platforms and send us an email. A special thanks to our in-kind sponsors, Classic Public Relations, a PR firm, Building Your Business Brands, To Infinity Travel, Escapes That Soothe the Soul, DreamWatchers.org, providing free performance arts training to Los Angeles kids 8 through 18 years of age. Build your sisterhood tribe and live an unshakable life. Thank you again for being with us today. We look to see you next week.